everything moves so fast and I think uh, being ready to take hard decisions like sometimes maybe from from just the gut feeling of course you use the data but I think the experience there if you are the first time finder and that's why you also need to surround yourself with, yep. with smarter people done the journey before yep. I think that is the hardest for me and being humble about that maybe you don't always have the, the right answer Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host Alex Thuma and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, I'm your host Alex Thuma, we're live at SaaStock 2022. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Samir Smachik, who's the CEO of, uh, of GetAccept. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. A wonderful venue. So thank you for getting me here. We'll yeah. look forward to just yeah stroll around here soon. It's your first SaaS talk? It's my first SaaS talk. Um, so I really enjoy it coming here. Never been in Dublin either. So I yeah, hit up two things in a, in a row here. Very good. When, when did you arrive in Dublin? So I arrived yesterday. I was at the wonderful... Uh, one of the wonderful speaker dinners yep. and I had a really good uh, good meal Excellent. and uh, some drinks and went to bed a little bit earlier so I missed the party, yeah, yeah, yeah. the opening party unfortunately, but uh, I was maybe more happy this morning not waking up to... Exactly, yeah. conserved your energy. It's yeah, exactly, a, it's exactly. a smart move, a smart move. <laughs> uh, and so like, I always ask the, our, our guests, uh, you know, the first question, it's like getting to know you as a person. So who, who is Samir Smachin? So Samir is a, a father of two children, I have a wife. Uh, I love products, so if, if I'm smiling in the, in the office, I most likely have been on some of the product teams talking about features, UI, UX, design. Um, besides that, I also love the whole sales motion and uh, really addicted to improving that, so that's why I've also started to get accept. If I don't work and if I don't spend time with my kids and, and wife, you will find me on some kind of skis downhill or a mountain bike downhill or maybe even a parachute somewhere. Okay. So anything adrenaline-wise where, where you have a small chance of dying. And anything going down, anything, like nothing up? Yeah, yeah, but it could be up also, yeah. maybe climbing or yeah. something like that. Okay. So there needs to be this chance of dying, then, yeah. then I enjoy okay. the life. Like the opposite of me, any chance of dying, uh, I'm just not interested. I'm just gonna <laughs> play it safe. It's like I'm... being an entrepreneur, like, yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> you can die anytime it feels like, but, yeah. but it's, it's the game, name of the game. Okay, uh, very cool, very good. Uh, and GetAccept, what, what does it do? Tell us a little bit about the company, uh, a little bit of data about the company yeah. as well. No, so it's a digital sales room tool. Uh, we phrase it as that nowadays. We did that also when we got into Y Combinator, but yep. then the market wasn't really ready for that. Yep. So if you ask our old customers, they will say, GetAccept is all about the end phase, contracting, proposal, CPQ, how to bring that together in a very nice way and present it digitally and keep track of all that, interact, communicate. But uh, since COVID happened, we have also got quite some customers in the digital sales room space and there is now a category. Yep. So that is all about arming the sales rep, being often the AE, to have one tool to work with from opportunity identified to close deal, meaning sending out all presentations, all material, customer cases to one place instead of thousands of email threads in order to keep track of what's going on, keep track of the stakeholders, engage, communicate, stand out as yeah. I'm doing here. You're not seeing it maybe online there, but, yeah. but with, the, with, the, with the suit. Um, so it's all about building the best buyer experience um, in the best way you can do as a sales rep. So tell me about the suits because I, I've seen you guys at a couple of conferences now over yeah. the years. 
uh, and I don't know if it's the same suit, but you're definitely always the, the loudest yeah. uh, CEOs or yeah. companies uh, so that's there. So unfortunately, it is in, in, not unfortunate, but unfortunately for me, it's the same suit since 2015. Okay, so it still, meaning, it still fits. Congratulations. Yeah, it still fits. That's yeah. good, but it has been in the washer a couple of times, but it's not the best fabric. So yeah, okay. yeah it can smell a little bit sometimes. <laughs> that being said, no, it was um, when we started the company. We got through Y Combinator. Yeah, uh, we decided to invest a huge amount of money into Soster, yeah. um, the big conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little bit against it because it was a huge amount of money for that small yeah, company. Yeah. And being there, we said like, or going there, we said like, we need to stand out somehow. How can we stand out? So we bought these suits for all the founders and the team that was there, dressed up. We had big things on the back uh, serving coffee in the, in the attendees line yeah. coming in. And unfortunately, the attendees line was very long, unfortunately for the one standing there, but good for us. So we got so much traction on that and so much people just wanted to come up and take a photo. I think yeah. we got six, 600 leads on yeah, that yeah. sole event yeah. just by yeah, standing out. And I it's, think it's that's an important as part. Well, because uh, I mean, I remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah. And I've been walking around this venue and people have been coming up to yeah. me. Hey, you must be from GetAccept. Like, how are you? No. So. No. No, no mistaking identities for Zeb Evans from ClickUp because he wears a kind of he wears a really bold yeah. shirt. And hey, like anyone coming up to say, "Hey, Zeb," and you're, "I'm not Zeb, I'm Samir." <laughs> no? It's going to happen. Yeah, he has the same. I heard that. He he, he wears these uh, really funky shirts. So, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, watch out. Is he here today? He is here tomorrow. Okay, so okay. So you can stand next I'll to steal him. it from him. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And a little bit of data on the company. So yeah, uh, I think you mentioned when you were founded, but like repeat sort of when you were founded. How many people? How much raise? Yeah. Revenue? Let's get a bit of a picture. Yeah, so uh, founded in 2015-16, went through Y Combinator yeah. in winter 16. Uh, grew very quickly there in the beginning, 23% week over week, which yeah. is easy when you have 50 customers and up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, are now 185, 190-ish employees, I would mm -hmm. say, give or take. Um, spread out in eight countries, mm -hmm. uh, with the majority still in Sweden, due to yep. that we have operations in the development team yep. there, where I also sit uh, at the moment. Um, Revenue-wise, about 15 million in ARR coming up to that straight uh, to that mark now. Um, yeah, so about 3,500 customers, give or take, 4,000 maybe even if you count the really small ones. And that is everything from one one seater paying us, yeah. 15 bucks or even free yeah. uh, to like, yeah, accounts paying us above 400K. And it, as I said, you, you, you're based in Sweden, uh, but given the size of the business, I mean, have you thought about moving to the US? Is that a conversation? Or no, but we or? have a team in US of 12. Yeah. Um, I think now we've seen a good traction there also with the digital sales room concept yeah. and we see actually the bigger deals coming in yeah. in US yeah. are uh, the, on the digital sales room uh, land and uh, the wedge in, so to say. Yep. So let's see here what happens in the future. I still don't think that Europe is an untouched market in many yeah. ways. Um, it is very competitive in US. You need to have a lot of cash to go there and actually, yeah, uh, ha have a lot of cash. And many people have been burnt, of course. So, but that being said, we still have a team there of 12 that are doing quite well. So um, let's see. Maybe I, I lived there for three years before. Okay. Uh, and so, 15 million uh, ARR. Can you share some of the, the lessons or secrets you know on your way of scaling to uh, yeah. to the business where you're at today? Yeah. No, but I think like in the early days, it was all about like finding the right persons to join, uh, and that's of course still a, a really important thing. But I, 
I will talk a little bit that on the stage later, like you need to have the right person, especially on the sales side, where the zero to two million, you need to really have a leader who goes in and uh, gets his or her, her hands dirty. Um, often people start to talk about titles uh, to join, like I need a C-level title, and then I'm often saying you're, you're not the right person. So I think that's a big learning from the early, early days, like getting the right person on sales uh, who are ready to, to hit the ground and, and uh, yeah, fight with his own, or his own or, uh, hands, let's say. Um, and then, of course, always challenge yourself on the leader setup because the leaders are the ones pulling you forward. This is my first journey, so I need to surround myself with people who are, as you often say, smarter than me. I think often you, you tend to not dare to do that. Uh, so I think that's a good learning for me, like really trying to challenge myself and finding those persons uh, to help us get to the next mark. Uh, that's on, a good learning, I think. On, on zero to two, you mentioned about finding the right sort of sales leader, uh, but would it be fair to say, I don't know whether it was zero to one or, or what the stage was that you led sales? Yeah. And, and how much time do you spend on sales now? I would say in the early days, um, the, the best sales leader is the founder yep. in, in yeah. 9 out of 10 cases. And often you say the founders should bring in the first 2 million. Uh, so, so I was doing a lot of sales back in the days. I still do. I still have a couple of deals running. Uh, just because, not too much because I'll, I'm, I'm selling actively. I just happen to come up in those discussions due to yeah. that I love the product, I love to be visionary. Yeah. So often that tends also to be the bigger deals where you can go out and talk visionary about yeah. what they should be able to do in their setup. And then you happen to, to answer, a, answer a question about price in, yeah. in two talks later and then you're in the sales process. So I tend to run a, a couple of deals a year, uh, more than the 50K and above mark. Um, so, but, but not actively doing sales nowadays on, on more than on that level. And getting from two million to ten million ARR, like what are, what are the differences? You, you know, what are the, some of the things the business needed to focus on that was different from that. No, but in stage? the early days, it was much hard work. I think like you can do a lot with the hustle and just yeah, be fighting every every hour. Like when we came to US, we worked two shifts, one towards Europe and one towards US, to, to just get that revenue in. After that, you start to you need to be smart like on how which market you address. Um, we have the the positive part to get accepted is that we get a lot of inbound through people using our platform, so we could address market where we had customers. That was, for example, why we started to work in France. Many ask yeah. us about that, like, why did you why did you address France? Yeah, because we saw a lot of companies coming in from the freemium segment, start using it, they became paying customers. Suddenly yeah. we had 100 customers, and that started to spread, and we see an inbound coming in, and then we address that. So I think it's all about Taking from two to ten, then you need to be smart in where do you, which strategy do you put out, and that was one of our strategies, actually going more on a global global journey, but with very evidences of where to go, not just saying okay, but let's do Germany and not have any control of what Germany means, but actually knowing already that we had customers there. You you mentioned you you get a lot get a lot of inbound. Yeah. How do you get a lot of inbound? What do you do? I would say the, the product itself, like the, the, the virality of it, as I said, everyone using a digital sales room is then sending that to stakeholders and then the stakeholders are viewing that material and of course there is a powered by uh, part in that and they want to present their own companies then in the same way with that experience, they, they like it. So that's where we get a lot. So that brings a lot of organic growth. But of course, there is also a paid motion, um, everything from social to paid ads. 
it also brings in. So I think we have about 50-60% of our revenue coming from inbound nowadays. Uh, and the rest is uh, then outbound. And, and now 15 million ARR, like what do you, if we look at like the next 12 months, is there particular things that the business is focused on in terms of your strategy that you can share that say, okay, we're going to go from 15 million to, I don't know what the number is, but what do you need to do to kind of get yeah. there? No, but the big focus now, like we released our platform for free two years ago. We yeah. saw a huge increase in inbound. Yeah. But as always, it tends to be very small companies and you need to be able to serve them. Yep. So a lot of focus now to serve them has been on improving the product overall and onboarding. And now we have, have actually an NPS slightly below 60, which, yep. which they often say, if you have 60 and above, you, you, you could have a free service and a yeah. self-onboarding. But as we've been doing that, we've also been seeing that we get a lot of traction on the bigger accounts, yep. meaning not for us like super enterprise, but 10K and above at the, on the LAN. And that's also where we focus our, our effort outbound wise. So IT tech, uh, Salesforce integration, uh, they should have some kind of automation workflows connected that they want to like uh, that they want to put forward. Uh, and then we know that we can hit up certain kind of companies and land the, the deal on a 10k and above. And they also tend to be very much more sticky uh, because they often build everything into their existing ecosystem, being then a CRM or a finance automation tool where they want yeah, the contract to be pushed when it's been signed in the end or something like that, or connect the CPQ from Salesforce into our CPQ to present it in a nice way. I think that is our motion now because we see that growing very, very nicely. Um, and uh, that's, that's maybe the main part of how we'll get to from 15 then to 30. Cool, very good. Uh, and then moving into the quickish fire round, uh, what is the hardest thing about being a SaaS CEO? I mean, it, everything moves so fast. And me being the first time founder, I think, uh, yeah, being ready to take hard decisions, like sometimes maybe from, from just the gut feeling, of course you use the data, but I think the experience there, if you are the first time finder, and that's why you also need to surround yourself with, yep. with smarter people who've done the journey before. Yep. I think that is the hardest for me, and being humble about that maybe you don't always have the, the right answer. I think many also tend to think that they need to have the right answer, and they need to have it very quickly. Where I've now learned like, okay, maybe I don't need to answer that question in that same meeting. I can relax and say, okay, do you know what? I don't have the, the right answer right now, but give me a day, I'll get back to you with an answer. If it's an internal question, if it is how we work with diversity, if it is like all those things, like you often tend to think that me also being quite young at least, that you need to be, show yourself off and you need to be smart and, you, and that's always by having the right answer straight from the bat. So I think that, that is the hardest thing to, to understand that that's, that's not always needed. And while you do that, you also then, yeah, will get better answers out to your organization and then you'll be more humble about them. What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a good question. But I think the boring, the boring one where is like, of course, always challenging and surrounding yourself with the right persons. Um, so that maybe, that's maybe one of the ones. Um, and also, like, I think we, we tried out the freemium part and we, we bet quite hard on that. And I think having, we have a, the luck to have a really good board that, that do challenge in a good way with Bessemer and Dean Capital. And they've always been doing that in a way where it doesn't feel like you're being put against the wall, but actually we do those discussions. So I think 
that you need to always revise your decisions and look at the data and like, yeah. So if you have someone like that, that's that's one of the best devices I can get. What about the uh, biggest failure or the failure that you've made and lesson learned? Do so many every day, I would say. No, but uh, uh, I mean, there are some fun ones when you have sent out like idiotic emails to the whole customer base in the early days. Um, so maybe maybe some of those has been the biggest failure that has dressed like that, that was a little bit fun now to look back at. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, I don't have any like yeah where we almost went bankruptcy or anything like that. Not at the moment. Uh, so I'll I'll have to get back with a really okay. juicy one in the future. What about your daily routine? What does that look like? So what's the day in the life of? Oh, you know, I go up at five. I take a cold bath at five degrees. No, I don't. Okay. Like. I, <laughs> That's the standard answer yeah, yeah. you should give as an entrepreneur. No, I have two kids, so my daily routine starts with uh, getting them up from the yeah. beds and getting myself up and getting them ready for school. I love office, so I always go into the office. I even went yeah. into the office when it was empty during COVID okay. because I need, need that yeah. change of environment. Yeah. So that's what I do. Unfortunately, I'm not the one of those healthy guys. Uh, I, I do some running and a little bit of that, but I have a... I have a routine of not eating breakfast and, and lunch and only eating in the evening. Okay. Um, and one meal a day. Uh, one a day, yeah. yeah. And um, that I do five days a week and then I eat during the weekend. So okay. that is something that is maybe extraordinary because yeah. it keeps me, in a way, it keeps me a little bit more uh, efficient and yeah, yeah. effective. So, uh, but on top of that, I'm, I'm quite like boring uh, when it comes to those daily routines. Don't have any, don't have any standard things that I do. I try to do all my boring things in the in the before noon. Yep. So I always start the the Sunday yep. uh, with um, a list of things that I need to do during the week, and okay. I rate them in bore like how boring are they, okay. and try to push the boring ones to the early part of the day and the early part of the week, so I can spend more time on the product at the end of the week, for example. Um, so that's that's more or less it. Um, I also have a rule that I don't answer any emails. After after like six o'clock on on Friday, yeah. Until like Sunday evening, I don't touch the phone. I don't touch the computer. Um, so uh, and that is a little bit to to give back to my family and, yeah, yeah. and the two kids I have. Uh, so that's that's maybe one of the decisions that taken that that has yeah helped a lot on the on the family side. Very good. Uh, so the final question. So we're we're here at Sasol 2022 in Dublin. Uh, I know you're speaking, um, what are you speaking about when, but also what are you looking forward to? So the speak will be about uh, tips and tricks that you can start using tomorrow in the sales, uh, either as a founder or like C-level or sales leader or as a sales rep. So I'll divide yep. it up in those three legs and talk about tips and tricks that you can take with you and start executing on already tomorrow. Uh, I tend to want to talk about those kind of like direct, like things that you can bring with you and not fluffy things that yeah. you maybe could yeah, think about in the future. Um, here, I just arrived just before this podcast, so I will just walk around. I know there are a lot of friends, but also maybe some competitors around here. So I, I love to just chat with them, see yeah. what's going on um, and enjoy the social social part of being here. Very so cool. we'll, we'll walk through every single booth here. Good Excellent. Well, good stuff. Uh, Samir Smatric, uh, CEO of GetAccept, thank you so much for being thank a great you. guest. Thank you. Thank you for being show. Enjoy Sastock. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sastock.com forward slash events 
to find all the upcoming SASDOC conferences around the world. Want exclusive SAS content and actionable insights to grow your SAS? Join our community of over 36,000 SAS founders at sasdoc.com.